Hello, and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey folks, I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we interview Dave Forston, the founder of Loacom and Loa Labs, as well as the director of marketing for Regen Network. Regen Network is an amazing innovative tool that uses blockchain to align incentives for mission-driven communities, especially around climate change and social justice. And there's a whole new movement, actually. We've heard of DeFi, right? Decentralized finance. Well, have you heard of ReFi? That's regenerative finance. What can you tell us about regenerative finance, Cash? Oh, what a good interview we had with Dave. It's essentially uh, allowing for these tokens that represent some sort of a climate solution, either a locked away ton of carbon or another verified responsible land stewardship practice and be able to leverage those into some sort of a liquidity mining, um, centralized exchanges, putting them into bonds and leveraging the blockchain to lock away carbon and incentivize better land stewardship. That's awesome. So, you know, this is really important because a lot of us have heard this negative narrative that crypto is bad for the environment, right? And this episode, I think, is just so fantastic because it just completely flips that narrative on its head. And it's, it just shows that actually crypto and blockchain tools and technology and Web3 actually are have some major unlocks and some of the best tools now, best best solutions that we have to create some kind of aligned incentives that actually make being good to the environment competitive. You know, one of the things he talked about is how it's never, it's been really hard for, you know, nonprofits or or governments or, you know, anyone to really compete with the way that capitalism has been done um, for centuries is because it, it doesn't really take the earth into account and the value of clean air and clean water and, um, you know, different kinds of species and a variety of plants, like all this stuff that we kind of just take for granted, but doesn't make it onto the balance sheet or into the um, equation when businesses create their their plans and roll them out. So what blockchain is letting people do now is to give earth a seat at the table. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited. And then Dave finishes off with some future trends uh, for the crypto and better world ecosystem that the blockchain is bringing. Yeah, he had a lot of good insights about you know where the crypto space in general is heading, but then also where this specific uh, ecosystem that is comprises a bunch of different projects that are all on the bleeding edge of this really new movement of applying crypto and blockchain tools to solve these uh, climate change coordination problems. Thanks, Dave. Really good to have you on today. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Loacom, can you please tell us about Low Labs and why you formed it? Maybe even a, a brief intro into Loacom too, to give our listeners kind of a background on how you got into the space. Sure. Um, yeah, so Loacom, uh, previously known as Loa Tree, Loa Tree is a company I started up. Uh, I was just looking at my first files were back in like 2008, um, uh, you know, with the idea of after years and kind of the policy 
um, advocacy, you know, both ecological and social advocacy space. I, um, and I was actually working at Sonos at the time. I wanted to um, create a company that was uh, designed to kind of come at uh, social and ecological change from more of like um, uh, how do we outcompete folks like at the at the market level through art, through music, through great, uh, well-designed products versus, you know, the, the kind of space I was in for quite some time, which was policy-based, a lot of confrontation-based things like that, which... It just wasn't resonating all that much for me um, at that point after, you know, close to since the early 90s, kind of being in that other footing. So Loa Tree uh, came to be as an eco lifestyle company. Um, and I quickly learned that I wasn't cut out for um, uh, managing artists and, you know, the music and art business was tough and product business was tough. B, uh, uh, B2C was tough. And um, I still had a, a number of skills uh, related to kind of general marketing and comms um, after, you know, after years in politics and nonprofits um, that were brought to bear through an early uh, invitation to support uh, the move of Santa Barbara Earth Day from the Sunken Garden over to Alameda Park um, and trying, you know, and doubling uh, from one day to two days and, uh, and also doubled the number of humans from about uh, 12 to 15,000 to 25 to 30,000. And uh, Saloa was brought on early on one of our first contracts to help um, the Community Environmental Council, who's the uh, host of that event, uh, make that transition. So uh, lots of love and props to the CEC crew for giving us our start. And it was, uh, frankly, it was just me at the time. Um, you know, I had some friends who were kind of supportive uh, uh, in different ways, but on, you know, I just decided I was going to make a go of it. I left Sonos to kind of go at it full time and try to make a business. Uh, shortly thereafter, convinced Eric Cardenas, uh, my uh, best friend and business partner, um, you know, join me and leave his nice safe position uh, at a very, um, at a well-known foundation. And he came over to join me as well for the ride. And uh, together in 2012, we uh, incorporated as Loacom with the idea of doing more of a B2B business around uh, marketing communications and strategy. Um, and at the heart of it being a movement building business uh, where, you know, for both of us having spent most of our um, young careers in uh, trying to make uh, ecological and social change, we're always kind of looking for the next greatest thing to give us more tools in the toolbox to be able to enact social change. And um, so we started uh, right after that, working with a variety of nonprofits and uh, mission-driven businesses on marketing communications, so like socials, web, email, uh, public awareness campaigns, and things like that. Um, and that was uh, really the genesis of Loacom that kind of is, in, is still going strong. Um, but I was heading that up as CEO, Eric as COO, um, and that actually uh, ran us right into uh, connecting with the region network people. So even before I move on, did you have any thoughts or any any more background on Loacom? And otherwise, I can jump into kind of the next phase, which brought us into the intersection of crypto and climate. Really, just to validate that, as a local in Santa Barbara, I, I did notice that when you when Loacom came into the space, you really brought sexy to sustainability. You know, bringing it to the forefront of people's minds in a way that wasn't just oh, why, what, what's this crunchy granola thing? But you're like, no, this is, this is something that we should all be interested in. And yeah, really valued that. So, so yeah, you mentioned now uh, work with the region network. And I think that's where Loa Labs comes in a little bit more, right? So what is your position within region network actually? And take it from here. 
you know, the quick history there is uh, Loa Com at the time I was out in actually uh, out in Gaviota on a uh, chunk of land where we were doing regenerative agriculture. And I got to connect with, um, even before their region network, the Terra Genesis International Crew, which uh, was run at the time by Christian uh, Shear and Gregory Landaway, um, who are, you know, also the co-founders um, of Regen Network. And they basically said, hey, Dave, you know, we've got this idea. You know, you know we know you've been in the Regen Ag space a while and you're in the marketing comm space. And um, we're thinking about utilizing blockchain technology to help... Um, uh, essentially align um, ecological health with economics um, at, the, at the core of it. And uh, frankly, I didn't know anything about blockchain at that point. You know, of course, I'd heard about Bitcoin and I kind of watched it, you know, just over news stories, just kind of being into a technology generally. Uh, but I had not really participated. And I'd say even for the first like two years of our engagement, and we started with them at 2017, um, that, you know, we were doing some like, core marketing communications. Um, they went through the, some thin times. There's kind of the um, uh, some of the heavy bear, bear markets in crypto in 2017, 2018, and the ICO boom and bust um, during that time. And, uh, you know, all of us at Regen, and we we're a pretty small crew at that time, just kept building, um, you know, and, and our, our team started to get uh, more attuned to the uh, potential uh, uh, opportunities um, to you to utilize distributed ledger technology, Web three and blockchain tools to um, give us a, a new um, a new tool really in the ecological and social change space that we hadn't had before, which was how do you tokenize impact and how do you align economic incentives, um, you know, uh, to uh, support. Uh, behavioral changes and have those changes be rewarded, where as often, you know, for so long. Um, you, to this day, you know, those of us who've been in philanthropy or uh, nonprofits or even mission-driven business, there's actually not been great in uh, ecolo- or uh, uh, financial incentives to actually do right. Um, in fact, it's rarely rewarded. Uh, it's, uh, you know, all of the costs of our degenerative ways for so long in society have actually been externalized and put on the backs of the environment or future generations um, you know, we don't value clean air and clean water. Um, we, you know, leave it as uh, something to clean up to the nonprofit sector or to governments or otherwise, and it's not embedded actually into the cost of pr- uh, producing a product. Um, so, you know, th- we are uh, starting to get a little uh, more excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, as we were moving closer to the mainnet launch for Regen Network, um, I, you know, basically I just couldn't re- resist kind of the urge anymore to really dive as deep as possible into the Web3 space. Um, and, uh, you know, fast forward from mainnet launch, uh, which was April of last year, all the way to um, uh, this year, um, you know, we, uh, as of uh, last, I think it was like Oct- or October, November of last year, we spun up a, a new um, company called Loa Labs, and it's a laboratory for Better World Blockchain. Um, it has a relationship to Loacom. Um, uh, clearly, our, our staffing is actually through Loacom, uh, but I stepped back as the CEO of Loacom and stepped forward into the uh, CEO role of Loa Labs, and EC stepped forward into the CEO role of Loacom. And uh, but you know, same like root focus on a movement, um, you know, as if you will, more for Loa Labs, definitely a specialty in that marketing comms strategy and community space. 
but really now looking across the Web3 horizon uh, and trying to engage early on with uh, many of these mission-driven protocols who are um, doing anything from you know, tokenizing carbon or um, even tokenizing social impact and creating all of these new ex- or, or uh, organizing DAOs to buy land uh, for conservation purposes. Um, you know, we're working really at a, a really vibrant intersection of change makers, um, all rooting in uh, these new tools uh, to um, give us uh, a better ability to engage some of these really pernicious issues around uh, just degenerative systems that are leaving us uh, with um, uh, a pretty pessimistic uh, view viewpoint on how to reverse climate change. And to me, like as somebody who's like eternal optimist, I am can be more bullish and excited about uh, that intersection of crypto and climate right now and uh, and moving full steam ahead into that space. That's awesome. You mentioned um, tokenizing carbon. Um, there's a connection between the Regen Network and uh, KlimaDAO. Can you explain um, what that connection is and what they do? Sure. Yeah. Um, we caught wind of the Klima folks uh, know, a couple months before they launched. Um, you know, for those of you not familiar, the KlimaDAO concept is um, basically an effort to purchase and uh, into and sink into their what they call their carbon black hole as much uh, carbon as possible with the uh, using a, a kind of you know in some ways game theory of. Uh, where it, it, the, th- the thought process is if you uh, purchase and bring a bunch of the kind of a lot of times kind of bottom of the barrel token or carbon or carbon off, uh, you know, uh, and, and sink it, um, it uh, ends up making carbon more expensive. So they're in some ways, I don't mean artificially is not the right word, but their their goal is literally to buy up carbon units and lock them away so that um, carbon becomes more expensive. Um, uh, companies have less of an incentive uh, to essentially buy cheap carbon to offset their carbon footprint and more of an incentive to behaviorally reduce their emissions, which means making investments into the technologies to reduce emissions or uh, choosing better supply chains or different um, materials and other things that right now you kind of get, a it's not a get out of jail free card, but uh, carbon's been relatively inexpensive for quite some time, and uh, you know, Klima has already, I think, to date, um, utilizing the ability to own a Klima token by matching a ton of BCT, which is the base carbon ton, uh, along with equivalent amount of USDC, essentially or USDC pair, and essentially creates a Klima token. And uh, it's it's had a frankly a pretty wild ride. Um, I'd I'd say it's. Uh, not only, you know, it's sunk 17 million tons of carbon, you know, it's gotten the notice of a lot of the traditional carbon markets who are like, whoa, who's who's this big crypto player in the space now? And um, and and kind of brought crypto, you know, in a lot of ways out from the kind of, frankly, um, pretty, uh, uh, it's not the right narrative, right? With this narrative that crypto is, and climate are juxtaposed to each other. Is something that is a legacy of kind of uh, you know proof of work and Bitcoin mining, uh, right. which I get you know, and it's got a you know there's a big footprint there, um, but in in a lot of ways uh, it's really missing the mark of actually utilizing Web three tools and blockchain specifically for sequestering carbon or creating uh, new markets for ecological assets that hasn't existed before. And Klima is like 
brought um, that sensibility to uh, really an entire industry within like four months. It's been really incredible and kudos to the climate team for having the vision and foresight just to like put their, you know, kind of insert the crypto um, community into the uh, climate fight. Um, you know, and again, I think there's uh, upgrades and opportunities and all of that, you know, nothing was done perfect, but um, you know, the, the fact that we are now um, uh, tokenizing uh, traditional carbon credits and bringing them on chain and allowing the crypto uh, you know, and it's immense capital to actually participate in those markets is a real victory uh, for the um, entire uh, uh, climate space, whether people actually fully understand that or not. Yeah, and actually one thing, so what the regen relationship, to get back to your point or your question, was uh, we actually furnished uh, them with a number of the uh, um, carbon credits that were end up being purchased. Um, so, and you know, and that's one of regen's you know, continuing product developments is to originate and furnish to the carbon markets um, some of the highest quality uh, nature-based carbon credits uh, available. Um, so, you know, carbon credits that aren't like, you know, scraping, you know, smokestacks or something and being able to call that a, a sequestered carbon ton, but actually being able to underwrite the stewardship of lands and support the natural ecosystem uh, ability to sequester carbon. Um, and that, that ultimately in a decentralized fashion in a market-based fashion, uh, if uh, you can do that around the world, um, that that is the, that is the type of carbon and the type of natural assets that uh, region network is looking to tokenize and create a market platform for, to be able to sell to, uh, like Microsoft, which we had sold uh, over a million dollars uh, worth of carbon credits to, um, all the way to uh, you know other companies that are quickly moving to the space, saying we've got to get carbon on our balance sheets. You know we've got to, for our consumers' sake, and also it's just the right thing to do. Like everybody's got to be at the table on the climate fight, um, and one of the clearest, cleanest ways is to purchase carbon to offset your own um, carbon footprint as a company. Um, and I think as we'll see, just like with anything, uh, I think carbon negative will be the standard uh, at some point. Um, and the uh, and ultimately, I think uh, the, the financial instruments that will be available for it will create on uh, kinds of neat opportunities for a whole new industry of uh, farming carbon and restoring ecologies, specifically with the goal of sinking that carbon and that carbon being monetized and the future backing of uh, of currencies around the world. Yeah, I love that the the thought of the carbon farming, a, a carbon farmer, you're you're actively sequestering and and region had some really cool projects. A lot of them were uh, grassland related, right? Uh, big grassland projects that were sequestering carbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we worked with a group out of Australia for this first chunk that we sold to Microsoft, and Microsoft basically became to a number of folks and said, hey, we're trying to sequester, uh, uh, offset our carbon footprint since our inception in the 70s. So we were one of their, uh, um, of a couple dozen vendors, I believe, uh, or maybe it's shy of uh, just over a dozen vendors, uh, but we had a focus on uh, soil carbon and in uh, grasslands and very in particular. And we, we created the whole carbon uh, credit class around this called the Carbon Plus Grasslands Credit. Um, and we worked with a project developer who was managing a number of different um, farms in the Australia region where they had been tracking their uh, ecological data around how much carbon, uh, you know, kind of the baseline, what they started with and how much they were sequestering. And, 
created the methodology and the monitoring system, and then uh, you know essentially gave uh, you know enough uh, created enough of a framework to uh, convince Microsoft that the rigor and the science backing and, and frankly the uh, verifiable ecological data. Uh, as you know, uh, you know, being able to bring that on chain and make it transparent and auditable uh, without double counting was enough to convince them to come in at a pretty significant way and purchase these carbon credits uh, through Regen Network, and really was our first uh, major sale. Um, and that was back in January. It was quite an exciting time, um, and uh, you know, and now we're lining up um, a, a whole new. Uh, we've got. A lot of carbon credits uh, that we're about to bring to market, which is going to be really exciting, and uh, you know, so it's kind of more sophisticated development of that marketplace, uh, bringing them on chain, and then having a lot of the front and back end interfaces required to um, be able to do that without any hand holding. Because a lot of that stuff initially, uh, we actually you know just had to do um, in more of a manual way, uh, it, just because that's where we're in our product development cycle. But now. Um, I think by the end of Q1, we're going to have some pretty exciting uh, product opportunities, uh, you know, that will allow companies to come in and make these purchases and have this all be locked in uh, uh, permanently into the blockchain, so that um, you know everyone can see and trust uh, that these these companies are meeting their obligations. Fantastic, uh, Klimadao recently posted on their blog. Web3 will be a key catalyst for change by enabling regenerative finance or refi to rapidly scale and align incentives between those who want to have a positive impact. What does that mean to you? And what is refi? Yeah, so, re, you know, refi, it, you know, it's, it's starting to become a buzzy term and it's great, frankly. Um, I think it's going to mean different things to different people, but at the heart of it, it's regenerative finance, right? So it's the concept that um, where, where capitalism uh, for years, right? It's, uh, and it's not because capitalism is bad per se, but the way that we have manipulated capitalism, we have, again, left Earth uh, out of the equation, which has been, frankly, disastrous. Um, you know, to not to have Earth at the negotiating table of every business deal um, is has really uh, been a terrible, terrible choice and one that we can do better on, right? So, but you've got to create the, the financial... Um, uh, tools and mechanisms in order to bring uh, earth assets into the economic equation. And at the heart of it, regenerative finance seeks to do that. It basically is saying everything that business builds on, that our civilization rests on, that our personal health depends on is ecological in nature. And um, we need to bring, uh, we need to be able to value that uh, and create the tooling to um, uh, integrate that at the transaction level in almost any part of our economic uh, model in any country. Uh, the, the way that we uh, consider development of products, the way that we consider our balance sheets, both personally and professionally, um, that uh, this decentralized finance movement uh, is seeking to help um, organize uh, and bring to market, um, you know, the most important uh, aspect of what really wealth will be in the future, right? I think there's a movement with Regen and Klima and a whole crew of us that are, you know, is philosophically thinks that, you know, uh, true wealth is ecological wealth, um, that the future, you know, the generational wealth that we think about building for our kids and their kids 
um, isn't just going to be fiat currencies uh, that are, frankly, you know, backed by very little, right? Maybe that's military might or petrol dollars or other things that they're going to be really backed by, um, uh, you know, things that are, are like carbon or other natural assets where it, uh, these things serve as proxies uh, for having uh, uh, an, a, a place that our kids can uh, grow and thrive and build businesses on in the future that um, if left unchecked, climate change is going to fundamentally disrupt every aspect of our lives, right? It's already, uh, whether we know it or not, it's touching all parts uh, from any business. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter what your business is. It, um, you can't escape climate change and its impact. And um, I think decentralized finance, and maybe, you know, of course, there's a a utopian view of what we can do in decentralized finance, but at, at, at worst, it's another, I think, probably powerful tool to have um, at our abilities to really shift how capital moves through an economy to integrate earth and ecosystem health. And uh, to me, like I said, from being in the policy business and the activism business for years, I just could not be more excited that this is uh, like been a, a huge missing piece uh, of our, um, uh, for, for those of us in that business to really be able to like, frankly, compete at all, like just compete in the, uh, marketplace of ideals and compete of uh, a vision of how we protect the planet without it costing, uh, a business, you know, through taxes or without it, you know, crimping, uh, uh, our lifestyle or something along those lines, where if it becomes ubiquitous, that, uh, you know, that that clean air and clean water and endangered species and, um, you know, and healthy soils are, you know, endemic to our relationship to each other uh, through uh, finances and um, uh, economic transactions, then it becomes less of a, you know, policy fight or a political fight. And it just becomes uh, a deep, like, responsibility and a, both short, mid and or short, mid and long term um, uh, it makes sense at every phase of our relationship uh, to money and to each other to really incorporate um, uh, ecological health into our interactions with each other. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. So I'm hoping that's what DeFi aims to do, and it's going to look a different and uh, to a lot of different people. But I'm excited to uh, see it get so much buzz of late. Yeah, and even just uh, like you said, once you're locking up more and more base tons of carbon, then the price is going to go up. And if if you're holding the Klima t- token, then you're going to be increasing that value that you hold. So yep. it, it's going to get, have really cool financial implications. We're uh, doing a little research before, and we, we saw one of the newest projects by KlimaDAO um, called Ocean Drop. It's a collaboration um, NFT project um, where they are actively locking up uh, tons of carbon. Calling you to deep dive on this. So there was an, um, a series of artists that did uh, ocean-themed NFTs, and then those NFTs were sold um, to fund the start of an um, ocean foundation um, that does research and uh, climate change initiatives for the ocean. So it was really cool that they did some. They also did some carbon offsets for those NFTs through uh, Offsetstra and another company called Creole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not super familiar with that particular project, but I'm, you know, both with Acceptra and Creole, they're part of the blockchain infrastructure carbon offsetting working group, BicoWG, who we've been, um, who we're shepherding 
uh, kind of serving as their um, marketing comm strategy team. Uh, so uh, really a great cruise. And I think, you know, cutting to it, like the blue carbon space is going to be massive, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, the uh, the ability for oceans to um, sink carbon and, uh, you know, as ju- and frankly, just bellwethers of uh, ecological health are is so significant um, that, you know, it's going to be, multiple trillions of dollars uh, of businesses built around um, repairing our oceans and creating, uh, you know, and, and all the way from diatom, which I think is actually trying to um, uh, uh, lock up uh, ocean plastic and issue tokens based on kind of verified, uh, I don't know if it's tons of plastic or what their uh, exact metric is all the way to um, a project we're working on, for example, um, with a group, uh, Chainlink and a Regenerative, I can't remember their last name, uh, Regenerative, another Regenerative company run by Neil Spackman um, of essentially planting uh, 100 million mangroves and uh, mangrove trees, which, you know, again, sit at that really special in- in- interface of fresh and um, saltwater and uh, are uh, massive carbon sinks. Um, and, you know, and so there's a, a mix of NFTs and carbon credits and all kinds of, again, these uh, Web3 tools that are creating um, really exciting ways of, um, of rewarding uh, ecological impact um, and, you know, proof of ecological re- regeneration, right? You know, essentially, you know, creating bonding mechanisms and all these other really neat uh, opportunities um, that distributed ledger technologies allow uh, and the ability to tokenize, uh, tokenize change and create uh, financial markets around us is... Um, it's, I feel like we're so early, frankly, to the space uh, that we really haven't seen anything yet. Well said. Yeah, the piece Ocean Drop, uh, since its inception in October, has internalized over 21 tons of carbon and will do so ad infinitum, yeah. according to their website. So I love that they put that just as a reminder, yeah. forever. It yeah. ain't going nowhere. That's fantastic. It's it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish in uh, just a seems like a short time, you know, and I guess, you know, maybe even Regen's what, one year old, a little bit more than that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, Regen itself, I mean, technically the, the main net spun up last, uh, last year. So in blockchain times, it's a, yeah, it's about a, uh, just shy of a year old, but, um, they've been, they've been hustling for quite some time to their credit. And a lot of the, the building has gone on and quiet for a lot of these folks for a bit of time, but, um, yeah, definitely a lot moving in space. And, you know, even for low labs, I mean, it's been a, a product of a long time, a lot of work and uh, kind of observing how, uh, you know, what's moving in the space and, and being able to be agile and react to it, which I think to uh, Eric and I's, um, you know, plan is, you know, don't get locked in too hard on anything because the needs change and so do the opportunities. Yeah, what would you say would be some of the biggest challenges that you had to face setting up low labs? And then how did you overcome them? It's a good question. Um, well, you know, we're working in the web, web three space, which is interesting. And, you know, even legally, uh, we've set up our corporation in Wyoming, which, uh, you know, a deep red state that probably isn't known for its ecological chops um, necessarily, but their approach to uh, web three and, and crypto and DAOs is a pretty, um, pretty uh, uh, progressive. Um, yeah, so that was interesting just to like go spin up in another state versus like in cozy Santa Barbara or California where we're based uh, on the day to day. You know, we've had to hire a new team 
um, which uh, hiring in period is it's just challenging and Web3 space is even more challenging just to understand the culture, uh, the language, uh, the tech stack, all of these things, even just to do marketing is important and to find people who kind of can straddle that um, space is not that easy. Um, and thankfully, we've uh, brought on some uh, really neat folks, um, talented uh, individuals to start populating the Low Labs um, team. And I'd say, you know, and, uh, you know, there's some bittersweetness of, uh, you know, Eric and I have been working together um, really closely on developing Lowcom for, you know, uh, over a decade now. And um, yeah, and, you know, kind of we're splitting up in uh, on the day-to-day running of two different companies. So, you know, I I miss him. I mean, you know, he's just, he's a great guy to work with on the day-to-day. So, um, you know, we're building up kind of teams around our own companies and, um, but are, are still, uh, you know, business partners in both businesses. But we have, you know, decided it's just that time where, you know, he's ready to take the helm of Loacom and and uh, create uh, some new opportunities and different style of, of running that business, you know, with the same root, uh, same root business. And, uh, you know, I see an opportunity in Loa Labs to um, bring the ethos of Loacom and, and the, um, but also, you know, again, you know, for, to, to, for me, that I, you know, just the understanding that it feels like it's been difficult for better world businesses uh, to really um, build successful businesses without falling into two degenerative uh, systems, right? So we're we're at the um, mercy of the dollar. We're at the mercy of uh, you know corporate structures that reward bottom lines at the cost of really anything. And, uh, in web three in the way that, you know, and I would encourage, you know, most, you know, any entrepreneur to look is that the whole concept is to align values and mission and community together and to develop economies around that. And for me, um, you know, it's, it's been, it frankly took a bit to just wrap my head around that concept. I'm like, how do you do this? Um, but now that I, I get it and we, you know, we're attracting and, and even being paid in currencies that, um, are fundamentally backed by um, human or ecological health is like one of the most rewarding things that I've ever been have experienced at a, on a professional level. Um, knowing that you know there still needs to be on and uh, on ramps and off ramps for fiat and kind of pay day to day opex, but that the core value proposition and how we exchange value with each other as partners and uh, as colleagues in the movement uh, business and Web three. Um, is through uh, you know uh, values aligned um, uh, tokens and and other uh, currencies and compensation that is just it's just so new right to to think that we can do that and that the dollar is still you know the nine hundred pound grill in the room but we can do a lot of transactions um, you know and before we actually have to off ramp into fiat and um, you know that we just we can create a more creative and regenerative relationships with each other that feel uh that have really high integrity um and i'm just like enamored with all of that so the amount of time i spend on crypto twitter and reading blogs it just hurts my head honestly that's been difficult um but at the same time you know and you know the amount of sleep i've lost just spinning around the latest idea and the new concepts that are coming at me is cause me some disrupted sleep patterns, but it's all worth the cost right now. 
Yeah, I think many of our listeners in crypto <laughs> can it, will, will be able to relate to that. Is that you get, we, we call it crypto brain. When crypto you just, brain. Just, yeah. You never look just, at the world the same, right? <laughs> you you mentioned it real quick when you're talking about Wyoming uh, DAOs. Is there any Loa DAO on the on the future plan or anything? Uh, I I think I think there is. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it. We're actually gonna uh, we're entering into a um, an exploration phase as a company around it already. Uh, you know, meeting with colleagues in the space and you know, figuring out what it's going to look like. Um, you know, our goal is essentially, you know, our, our root skill set is around community, uh, you know, and comms. Um, you know, we also run a validator, uh, a low labs validator on a, a handful of uh, protocols. Um, but, you know, we, we have, at the end of the day, are in the better world uh, uh, blockchain movement building business, right? Are we want to like, essentially be of service to all of these uh, passionate entrepreneurs in the Web3 space, these, all of these mission-driven companies that are trying to spin up into this new, totally unpredictable, volatile, early phase uh, economy and, and market um, and you know, provide them some guardrails and provide them some uh, deep talent um, to help uh, bring up their protocols and do their jobs well. And um, you know, Web3 really offers special ways of like building relationships together. That's not like just like generic, uh, you know, sign a contract uh, here, uh, you know, these these fees and these services kind of uh, uh, boring scopes and things like that. But, um, you know, you know, even with DAOs and uh, token token interactions and, um, you know, essentially swapping value with each other that. Uh, you know, I think uh, having a Loa Labs DAO that brought together talent in the marketing comms community, and even I'd say even the the code space, um, all to be there and be of service to these new protocols is something that we're going to explore just to be able to be you know, as agile as possible without needing to kind of scale under the kind of restrictive technical W2 style engagements of work. Right. You know, what is work? You know, we want people to be inspired and fired up um, and have their own independence and agency. Uh, uh, and we want them, you know, to find a home in Loa Labs uh, in the future that gives them the ability to interact with the most promising um, uh, blockchain projects in the world that are all, you know, laser focused on repairing uh, humans' relationship to each other and to the planet. So uh, everything's on the table, frankly, with us at Loa Labs as far as what we're going to evolve to. Um, we're reading daily and exploring with thought leaders on what that might look like. Um, and hopefully we'll see some interesting stuff in the next 12 to 18 months. You mentioned uh, earlier in the episode some stuff coming in uh, Q1. Um, anything that you can share with our listeners of what to look look out for on the horizon that you guys are working on? Yeah, I mean, you know, in you know, there's a couple different ways to take this. So, you know, we Loa Labs is working with uh, Regen Network and Regen Foundation. Uh, you know, they're part of the same ecosystem, but independent entities, um, and they're both uh, have some neat um, uh, neat work coming here shortly. We're working with Ixo, uh, which is um, also in the kind of tokenizing impact space, but uh, oftentimes through the social lens. Um, and the Biko WG uh, crew, which is a consortium of a lot of the kind of leading thinkers and the 
kind of refi space uh, that are, you know, like Klima and Toucan and Regen Network, uh, Blockchain for Climate, et cetera. Those are all folks in the Bico space that were um, kind of organizing that entity and, and providing it some uh, foundational marketing comms uh, work. More broadly, uh, you'll see a, a, a proliferation of DAOs in 2022. Um, we're seeing seeing them spin up almost as quickly as you can imagine, like uh, literally on the daily. If you follow crypto crypto Twitter, uh, I think there'll be a, a, a rush toward that, uh, which is going to be exciting to to spinning up DAOs and capturing some market share. And you know, it'll I think it's going to be messy and chaotic as Web three is, uh, but it'll be exciting. Um, I think, uh, the regenerative finance space is going to come in really hot, uh, with new tooling and opportunities. Uh, you know, I think everyone's still finding like where they fit in all of this. Um, and there's going to be some overlap. And again, I think some messiness, but I think it's going to be a beautiful chaos. And I think with the, uh, as my, uh, friend and colleague, Gregory Landaway says of regen network of like a posture about collaborating, the competition is like a core, like ethos for a lot of us, you know, that, um, you know, you can have your competitive friendly relationships. Um, and at the end of the day, we're open source and we're trying like literally mission moving in the same direction. So everyone's kind of giving and taking a little bit and figuring out how best to like support each other in a, in a movement framework versus like, uh, trying to just grab market share and make the most money. Um, at least I think that's a quality right now that's really deeply embedded in a lot of the projects we're working on, uh, even where, you know, people literally collaborating that might be, uh, you know, competitive uh, in a lot of other spaces. Um, that's exciting. Um, you know, I think we're in the, even in the uh, Klima space, we're going to see some more um, Klima and this is Klima, like a region, Toucan space of uh, a broader variety of options beyond the BCT, uh, the base carbon ton. Um, so similar to like, um, imagine it's like, you know, you want to, uh, uh, go to the store and you have conventional tomato and organic tomato, and then there's a regenerative tomato, you know, and people will have choices in which carbon tons they're able to choose, uh, and start to create some differentiation in the market on that front, which I think is going to be a really exciting thing. Um, and I also think you'll see, um, Carbon assets uh, uh, entering the Cosmos ecosystem, which we're pretty heavy in. Uh, for those interested in seeing, like in Osmosis and other areas where um, there's a you know decentralized exchanges, actually seeing ecological assets start to show up as um, uh, you know opportunities for liquidity, uh, liquidity pooling, or other um, kind of some of the uh, DeFi uh, decentralized exchange mechanisms that you'll see. Uh, that you know often are just full of tokens, which are amazing projects that um, don't have an, a relationship to ecological health. That that'll start to be a, a new set of assets that to start to filter in. Um, and Regen Network is working uh, on that front, which is going to be. I think you'll see some stuff by the end of of Q1. Um, and I think that you know one of the bigger things is um, I think probably uh, you'll start to see some really interesting. Uh, new relationships being built from um, kind of the traditional ecological movement groups and the crypto uh, ecological movement groups. Um, you know, there's right now there's a pretty big distance between the two. Um, and I, I don't think that serves either, either camp, if you will. Um, you know, it's, it's still a, for better, or for worse, web three is still a pretty clubby 
uh, you know, siloed space. Uh, you know, if you're in it and you, you're like, wow, this is like the most amazing thing ever. But if you're not, you think, you know, it's all, you know, Bitcoin miners doing bad things and sucking as much energy as possible. So I think breaking down that narrative of crypto as a partner and reversing climate change and creating um, more connective tissue between uh, traditional ecological movement groups and even policymakers um, and uh, this uh, burgeoning and uh, movement of crypto and climate um, and crypto and uh, social impact, I think it's just going to be super exciting, rich area. And slowly, I think we'll see the beginnings of starting to blur some lines um, between those as, um, you know, the uh, traditional kind of social ecological movements just understand that Web3 is, you know, if you're not you know, utilizing that tool, you're going to fall behind. Uh, you don't have to be all in necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think you'll, again, in, in this calendar year, I'm, I'm guessing you'll start to see some interesting partnerships start to build up around that between institutions and crypto. And, um, I don't think it'll be, we'll see a normalization by any means. And frankly, I think it'll take years to be full, fully immersed. Um, but it's, uh, there's already interesting discussions happening on that front. Excellent. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation so far. Um, I want to zoom out just a little bit now yeah. and, um, what kind of trends do you see in the broader picture of crypto and, and blockchain coming up for the next couple of years? The broader trends, you know, I th- you know, there's a big buzz. I mean, at, at last year's NFT, the year of NFTs, this next year will be the year of DAOs. Um, you know, I think even beyond people just forming DAOs, like there's a whole range of like opportunities around tooling and communication platforms and governance of DAOs. It's going to be just an interesting area because I think, frankly, it's going to upend DAOs, I think, will upend uh, traditional business models as well as philanthropy. Um, so I think keep a real close eye out. I think those who are like go out and understand uh, how to form, operate, and uh, and um, you know participate in DAOs are going to have a lot of work for the next couple of years. Um, I think uh, you know we saw some of this in twenty twenty one. I think it's probably going to be a bumpy year again for policy in crypto. Um, you know, frankly, as a you know pretty progressive guy, um, some of the least uh, engaged and understanding folks in in the kind of policy space are uh, a lot of the liberal groups and liberal pol- liberal politicians. Um, and I think you know there's going to be probably more of a concerted effort on the crypto side of engaging policymakers and and probably uh, more nuanced takes from policymakers around crypto. Um, you know, versus right now, it's been pretty stark, uh, you know, relatively anti-crypto um, on a policy level as, you know, securities regulators and, uh, uh, you know, are taking, you know, uh, have a side-eye view of crypto for, uh, uh, you know, a lot of well-founded reasons. Um, but it's one of those areas that I think those of us uh, who have straddled um, policy for a number of years and who are in the crypto space realize that it would be a tremendous disservice uh, to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to regulating crypto uh, and blockchain, blockchain, Web3 tools, um, you know, over-regulating to the point of uh, stifling innovation. And there are going to need to be some guardrails. So navigating that kind of ground is going to be, I think, treacherous, uneven, uh, also very exciting uh, to see. Um, and then, you know, more broadly, uh, I just think crypto is going to join balance, or going to enter into uh, consumer and business balance sheets, right? To hedge against inflation, to um, have uh, diversified portfolios, 
to um, participate in this kind of growing area where, you know, if you can go out to an ATM and withdraw, you know, use, utilize your BTC account or uh, to, you know, uh, uh, engage in transactions, uh, I think we're going to see a, a lot more opportunities um, for economic transactions that feature um, uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, Coinbase in a lot of ways is leading this of just like onboarding a bunch, a whole new wave of people who don't know really much about crypto at all, but they've heard enough about Ethereum or Dogecoin or, or Bitcoin or otherwise that they like want to participate. Um, so, you know, kind of creating this whole new set of tooling and user experience, user interface to engage the um, uh, the masses is, I think, going to accelerate pretty quickly over the next 24 months um, and, and really just, you know, create innumerable um, amounts of opportunities for new businesses and uh, and really, uh, I think, uh, pipeline, um, you know, billions and billions of dollars into the uh, Web3 space, you know, as just consumers, regular consumers uh, become more familiar and feel um, more familiar and more excited about engaging in these um, in these blockchain projects, I think is, is a, a trend that is inevitable. Um, and I and my expectation is even with some of the regulators around the world, um, you know, flashing yellow yellow lights or red lights, for that matter, uh, on these um, emerging technologies that the cat is already out of the bag. And, and now it's a matter of um, if you can't beat them, join them. And I think that's uh, going to be uh, the position of a lot of regulators and, frankly, a lot of businesses who are just like, you know, even like Stripe, for example, like, um, you know, we followed along. I mean, when when companies like Stripe decide that they're getting into crypto, um, you know, and they're like on the uh, in the sitting in the middle of uh, I don't know how many billions or trillions of dollars of transactions, then um, you know there's no going back, right? It's just that's the heart of the economy, of uh, economic transactions. So uh, look forward to that too. Yeah, and, and what you said about the more nuanced uh, take from legislators uh, regarding crypto is, is really important. That's why you know we're really excited to have you on today to educate our listeners and and to really bring bring more uh, information to the the uh, lawmakers. So uh, we definitely encourage people to to share what you're doing and and share share this information with with our legislators and uh, help them get more educated. Yeah. How can our uh, listeners support the work that? Uh, low labs or region networks doing thank you for asking uh i mean definitely uh you can track us down on twitter low labs great way to just kind of um you know we try to i mean it's we're still uh, crypto twitter centric you know in our com style low labs I and mean, that's our audience uh, but it is a a good way to uh kind of have a meeting place at the intersection of crypto and climate uh and uh, just crypto and social impact um that's you know the what we work on um so that's probably the best place. We'll be actually spinning up a Discord uh, for those people who don't know. Discord's like the uh, uh, Web 3s version of Slack uh, in some ways, um, uh, you know, but for communities to interact with each other. So look for look out for that. We'll we actually have a Discord already up, but it's um, it's still under development, so it's not worth sharing at the moment. But yeah, we'd love to connect in, and you know what we're looking for is um, you know for those companies. Uh, looking to engage crypto uh, from the mission-driven space, we want to talk to you. Uh, if you're in crypto and you're spinning up a new mission-driven project, we want to talk to you. Um, we want to be part of it. And again, you know, we posted this week. You know, at some points, I think uh, you know, in the crypto 
climate and just like our vibe check is, you know, sometimes we'll be the coach. Sometimes we'll be a player on the field. Sometimes we'll be cheering from the stands, uh, you know, and sometimes we'll be an investor. I mean, like we, we'll, we just want to be of service to the space and uh, we're not frankly uh, over overly concerned about, um, you know, striking business deals with people to advance our own interests. It's really, um, you know, the, the, opportunities are uh, far, far greater than anyone could possibly imagine. And we're not worried about uh, figuring out how to build a business here where it's more of like, how do we um, grow our impact collectively as fast as possible is our only goal. Like, what does that look like? Connect people as quickly as possible who are doing similar things, uh, you know, work in public, build in public and, uh, you know, create, uh, the, you know, this market and this technology for public goods that, uh, you know, again, haven't been valued forever. Like that's where, you know, if you're of that mindset and you're talented, or you're in marketing, you're in comms, you're in technology, you want to figure out how to plug in, just give us a call, find us. Uh, I'm at david at lowalabs.io. Um, it's an easy way to get a hold of me or uh, you can DM me on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, Regen Network, just go to regen.network, get on our newsletter. Uh, it comes out, you know, once a month, follow our Twitter, which is pretty active on the daily. Uh, yeah. And, and similarly, you know, we're with all of these projects, everyone's looking for builders, you know, everyone's looking for community members that are actively engaged. And it's one of these spaces that is so rare that by simple participation and engagement, um, you know, and you can spin up, you can create your own value and that value will be somebody will figure out a way to reward that value. And it's just one of these unique things where if like you're a super fan for a company, maybe they'll send you, you know, a six pack of something, you know, but if you're a super fan and you're engaged in web three, then you should apply for a grant to get your work funded or, you you know, or somebody's going to send you some tokens as a thank you, or somebody is going to create, um, you know, a grants program to make sure that, you and your other super fan colleagues uh, are rewarded, uh, you know, with the ability to put on an event to bring other super fans together. It's just one of these places where people dedicated to building and committed to a project, um, they are they're just rewarded um, in one way or the other. And I just love that about Web three, where it really is about community. And uh, if you're community oriented and you want to gauge the climate issue, um, let me know, and I'll I'll point in any direction I can. Wow, he said it better than we we could ever have said it. That's right. You have to get involved in Web3. It's a lot of fun. It's really rewarding. It's the best place to be. So just get involved. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the, the episode with us today. We'll, we'll definitely uh, keep our listeners informed over the next few months when you got some rollouts and hopefully get you uh, back on the on the podcast in, in uh, 2022 again and see how things are uh, progressing. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you guys uh, giving me a platform to spread the good word and... Uh, Thank you all to your listeners who are tuned in and um, yeah, get out there and build a better world. That's all, that's everyone's business now. We're gonna wrap it up here for today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review. We'd like to give a big shout out and thank you to our friend, Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music, mixing and editing. Thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world, and we're here to ensure that you're ready. Please subscribe to our podcast. And as Dave mentioned, we need your help to inspire regulators to explore a more nuanced and educated view of crypto. So please share this episode with your legislators and, of course, with your family, friends, and coworkers. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. 
Cheers. <laughs>